As the Bible says, and I always say this to my students, to my congregation, I mostly say this in the morning, but now I'll say it because it's in the evening, that this is the evening that the Lord has made. Amen. Uh, because I say this is the day, but now I say this is the evening that the Lord has made, which means we, should, we just need to rejoice and be glad in this day that God has given us to come and listen and hear what he has for each one of us. So before I get to the text, I would like us just to pray together. Though this evening, as we know, it's a day that you have called us, we pray that you prepare our hearts to hear what you have for us so that uh, the evil one will not distract the message. Whatever you have laid in my heart, I pray that your Holy Spirit will be able to communicate it well so that everybody will be able to go saying that we have heard from God and from his word. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. I just want us to turn to the book of Rook, um, chapter 10, starting from verse 25. Thank you. Verse 25, and then we'll be able to go through, before I get to the message, I would like us to go through this passage together. Verse 25 says, if you are there, on one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law? He replied, how do you read it? He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. You have answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this, and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself, so he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? In reply, Jesus said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he fell into the hands of robbers. They stripped him, uh, his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, he passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and uh, bandaged his wounds, pouring oil and wine. Then he put the man at need and took care of him. The next day, he took out two silver coins and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor? to the man who, who fell into the hands of the robbers. The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, go and do likewise. Some of you, or maybe many of you, have heard this story. This is a story that even I heard it when I was young in the Sunday school. And I wanted to know more about this uh, Samaritan story. And this is what God has for us. My message 
is for us to have a Samaritan heart. I remember in Kenya, where we served with my wife, this, this, I think it was on a Wednesday, I was teaching at the Bible college, and wife, my wife had been called the previous night by one of the ladies in our feeding centers at a caretaker, the wife of the pastor, and said, I have a child here who is very sick, and we need to, take, to bring this child to the hospital. Where they are, it's about like one and a half, one and a half hours drive to our place, but it depends on which vehicle you take. Because if you take the public means, it can even take you three hours to get to the hospital. This child was sick. It was, he's from a, a single mother. So my wife said, can you bring them tomorrow morning to the hospital? Come very early, and I'll be waiting for you at the hospital, because our hospital now these days is packed with the Somalis. The Somali refugees are coming to our hospital, which is a missionary hospital at Kijabi, and they need to be treated. So they come very early, and there are many of them. So you, when you get to where they have the place to uh, examine the patients, it is packed full. So you have to be there very early. So my wife decided, I'll get there early, so when they come, I can make the arrangements for them. So they get to the hospital, and my wife found the mother of the baby came with another baby. The little baby that was, uh, this one, the boy was walking, a little boy was walking, but the other one had to be carried because he was like two years old. This little boy had pneumonia, very sick, very seriously sick. This boy was almost going. So the boy is in our feeding center. This is a boy that we can take care of, and the feeding center takes care of those kids there. But the other one, we, we don't take care of those other kids because there are so many. So my wife told me, now, what do we do? I see this little boy, and he's very sick, and we need to find out what to do. So the doctor said, we can check this boy and find out how, whether we can help. But they said, this boy, before we do anything, they, they, they need $200 deposit before we can do anything to this boy. And my wife again called me and said, Paul, what do we do? Because this boy is sick. And the doctor says they have to have deposit for them to be admitted. And I told my wife, you know what? Whatever God has given us, go home, bring it, and then we can use it to, give, to keep for deposit because we don't want this boy to die from this single mother. This mother is not even from our tribe. She is a missed Maasai tribe. She speaks Maasai very well. So Rhea went home. Looked at this boy and found she, they had no other clothes for this boy. So from the teams that come, they sent clothes, baby clothes. So Rhea found some clothes and went with the clothes to the hospital. And uh, was able to go through all the system to, to be able to be admitted, for this baby to be admitted. And you guess what? After they had gone through all this process, some of Rhea's friends who are nurses there, they said, we have found a bed for them. So... Can they just go and sleep, and then the doctors will be look, looking at this baby because the baby was seriously sick. They never asked for the money this time. They never asked for the deposit, but we had the money. So they were left at the hospital, and they gave them clothes. And then the following day, Leah went very early in the morning, took some porridge for them and some chai, which is the tea, Kenyan tea for the mother, and uh, asked them, how was your night? And they said, well, the baby is improving. The baby is doing better. So my wife said, okay, these are your clothes. You can change the baby, these clothes. And then they asked this mother, are you 
born, are you a born again Christian? Can you tell me about, more about yourself? And she said, I was a Christian sometimes back. But I went back to drinking, and I've been drinking. And now, I, I, because of the love you have, you have shown me, I want to rededicate my life to Jesus Christ. And she asked Leah, do you want me to kneel down and you pray for me? Uh, Leah said, whatever you feel comfortable, you do it. But Leah told her, you need first to pray for yourself. So she prayed in a language that we don't know. It's called Maasai language, mixed kind of Trokana, one of the northern part of Kenya tribes. She prayed, and Leah was just there listening. After she prayed, Leah said, now I can pray for you. So after two days, the doctor said, this baby is okay now. She can, I mean, they, they can take the baby home. So Leah went to pay. Now Leah was thinking, maybe they wrote somewhere that we have to pay the $200. So Leah went with the money to pay for this child. And the cashier looked at the file and said, you know what? All I see in the file is you have to pay. I think it's $60. And Leah said, are you sure? Yes. This is what says, the doctor says, and everything says that all that you need to pay is $60. So Leah paid for that, and she took that whole day again to prepare and for these people to be taken back to their uh, homeland. Before we came, we were able to see this woman, the other baby, and they are doing very well. And the mother is doing well. She's helping part-time at the feeding center now. So she has a little bit of a uh, job that she can be able to do to get a little bit of money. Why am I giving you this story? We don't even know this lady. You don't even know the lady. This is a lady that was struggling. This baby would have maybe died. She's not even from our tribe. She is a Kenyan, yes. We had never met this lady. But God touched my wife. And also, as my wife called me, I said, yes, let's help this baby. Here in the Bible, we see this uh, Samaritan story. But we start with the lawyer. This uh, guy knows the law. He knows Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. He knows the law. That's why he's a lawyer. He's, he comes to Jesus and he wants to test Jesus. He tells Jesus, you know, what, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus, very smart, being God. He's a rabbi. He's also a teacher. He says, I need to answer a question with a question. So he takes him to the Bible. And he says, what is written in the law? This guy is smart. He knows the law. So he quotes Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 5. And the guy says, yes. And he was told, how do you read it? He quoted that. He said, he answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, and love your neighbor. This guy said, well, I know it. But then he answered correctly. But something Jesus told him, do this and you live. Then Jesus Knowing that this guy wanted you to justify himself by saying, I keep the law, I know the law. He's a religious guy. He's a scribe. He's one of those guys that teaches the law. So Jesus says, let me give you a story. And I love 
the stories Jesus gives. The, although we call them parables, it's their stories. In our African culture, when you want people to know something, you give a story. Sometimes we use what we call proverbs. You talk with through proverbs, and then uh, people will know what you, you mean. They will go and, and get the message. Sometimes you leave them hanging, and then they will find out the answer. So we like giving stories. Most of our people in Kenya like stories. And so Jesus, being a Jew, knew, knew the story here, and he comes with the story, and he gives the story of this uh, guy that was beaten. It's, it's said that from Jericho to Jerusalem was about 17 miles. It's a, it's a way that you would walk all the way down to get to this place. The way to get to this place was like in a wild place. So it was a place where robbers could hide and wait for anybody who was going down that, down that way, and they would beat them and get something from them. So Jesus gives the story now and says, this man was traveling. He doesn't even say, who is this man? He just gives the story. And then this guy who is smart, Leroy, is listening. And the other people there are also listening to the story. Everybody wants to hear a story. So he tells the story. They are all just sitting down there listening. And he, he tells, this man was walking down. Going down. And the robbers got hold of him. You know what they did? It says they stripped him out his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving this man half dead. Have you ever seen a half dead person? Uh, well, this guy was half dead. He was breathing, but he was unconscious. I would say he was just half dead. So the, a very smart guy also comes by. He's on his way doing his duties. He's a Levite. He walks down. And he finds, no, this is a priest. First the priest comes down. You know who are the priests? These are the people who do the ceremonial stuff. They are known, sometimes you meet them every year because you have to come and bring your sacrifices. They have their robe. Maybe he was walking with this robe so that everybody could be able to see him, that he is a priest, recognize him. He comes by and he sees this man. And you know what he, he does? He goes the other way. He doesn't even want to go near this guy. Well, in a way, I don't blame him. He wanted to be ceremonially clean. Because if you touch somebody and he is dead, then you're in trouble. Why did you touch somebody who is dead and you're a priest? You're not supposed to touch a dead body. So the guy said, I better leave this guy and go and do my duties. He is a very religious guy. Then too, the Bible says, a Levite comes by. Find the guy. And the Levites also goes the other way. He says, I want to be ceremonially clean. I don't want to touch this guy. He goes the other way. This lawyer and the, the group are listening. They want to know who will be now the next person to come by. And Jesus said, then, as we look at the Bible here, in verse 33, but a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took what? The Bible says he took pity on him. He had mercy on this guy. He doesn't even know him. Some traditional scholars or people think that this man was a Jew. And the two guys who came and passed by were also Jews but they didn't, they didn't think about helping their own person. 
We don't need really to know if the Bible doesn't so, I mean, tell us who this guy was. So the Samaritan goes and finds a guy, looks at him and says, turn him, maybe I, I can see him, turning the guy and saying, are you still alive? And the guy says, yes. He's, he, he's naked, his clothes are taken. The guy takes whatever he could do. It says here that he had carried his own stuff for his business. He's going down to do business. So he has the wine, he has the oil, he has his donkey. He comes down to the man, as the Bible says, he took, he took his own oil. He just cleaned the guy. The oil makes soothes the pain. He took the olive oil and cleaned the guy. He took the wine, which also kills the, the germs in the wood, and pours the wine and cleans the guy. Now this guy is also now becoming a doctor. He's helping somebody who is dying. He doesn't even know him. He is not even his nationality. But his heart had pity on this guy. After he helped him, he has a donkey. He's walking way down. And he says, you know, I'm not even going to ride on, on, ride on my own donkey. He takes a man, puts a man on his donkey. Some Bible calls it the beast. But we have donkeys in Kenya. We have many of them. And this donkey took the man that he had not carried before. And when you ride on a donkey that you don't know the donkey, the donkey will not be very happy with you sometimes. But this donkey was happy to carry this man because the man was in a, was in a mission to help. So the Samaritan guy takes the guy all the way. And the Bible tells us they get into a, an inn. Maybe this guy, the way I think, was known by the innkeeper because he has been going there as a businessman. So maybe they knew each other because what, the reason why I'm thinking this way, he goes and tells the guy, you know what, I'm leaving this, this man with you. And all money, the money I have, I'll give it to you. Traditionally, they say the two denarius that he gave would have taken this guy in those days for a whole month, eating, sleeping, relaxing. And then the guy says, I'll leave you with this. And the bill, when I come back, I want to see the whole bill, right? Everything that this guy takes. If you need to go and buy him medicine, put it down for me. Whatever meal he needs, give him the menu. He can choose the best food. I'll come back, give me the bill, and I'll pay for this man. Now, the man is gone. Jesus is, people are still listening. They were expecting an Israelite layman coming to help this person. This is the Samaritan. You know who are Samaritans with the Jews? They don't even like each other. These people don't even want to hear now the story that is adding up with a Samaritan helping somebody they didn't want to hear. But Jesus doesn't care about the nationality. Jesus cares about the heart. Jesus wants your heart and my heart to be touched, to have compassion. A Samaritan heart to go out and help people. Well, some of us traditionally here in America, things have changed. The law says you can't find somebody beaten and then you try to go and help them, you'll be in trouble because of the law of the country. If you pick that person and you're not trained and then they have something, break their backbone or something, you're sued. So what do we do? Reverend Paul Manana tells us, help us. Well, God is telling you and me, there's something you can do. You can call. You have 911. 
We have the new technology. Call the police and say, we find somebody who is in need. How can you come and help him? In Kenya, we have also that system is coming up. You don't want to help people like those sometimes because when they go to the hospital and the guy who hit them and ran away, the police will want you to write a whole story and then you'll be taken to court to go and testify how you pick that person, how do you know them, and you don't want to get into that trouble. So we also have to find a way to help these people. So the lawyer is asked the question here, this expert of the law. Who of the three guys, which of the three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robber? The guy didn't even say, you see what the Bible says? He didn't even say the Samaritan. He didn't want to mention that word because he, he hated also the Samaritan. He said the man who showed what? Maybe he could even have said the woman who showed mercy. No, the man. He doesn't say which, which man. He doesn't want to say the Samaritan because he just he wanted to justify himself. But you know what God, I mean, Jesus told him here? Go do likewise. You know what Jesus is telling him? Go and show mercy. I know you know the law. I know you keep the law. But I want to go, you to go and show compassion. Be compassionate to those people. Take a step of going, leaving your comfort zone to go to the people where they are and help them. God has called us to go extra mile, to leave our comfort zones. The other day when we were having a dinner here, we were sharing with some older um, ladies that we would call them in African culture, our moms, and we were sharing with them, and one of them said, I like taking cards from you guys because I keep them in my room in my bedroom, and I always pray for you. And I said, she has a Samaritan heart. You can even pray for people if you cannot be able to go there. You can send missionaries who will be able to go to those places. It's risky. This guy was also, I would be scared. This Samaritan guy, you don't know who is coming on the way, whether the robbers were hiding somewhere looking for you and waiting to kill you. But the guy said, because I have pity, I have mercy, I'll help this person. He did. The others might be scared. That's why they didn't even want to help because you don't know where the robbers are. They're hiding. God wants us to take that risk by the compassion we have. When Jesus touches your heart, he wants you to take a, a step of faith. Go and help those people. As I come to the end of our story, or our message, I was born and I was sharing with somebody, I'm a third missionary generation kid. My grandfather was met by the first missionaries 100 years ago. He was about 17 years when they came, and they, they brought the gospel to him. These were the AIM missionaries, which is the African Indian mission, missionaries. And he gave his life to Christ. They taught him, they took him to school, they, taught, they took him to a printing press, and he started printing uh, Bibles, I mean, from uh, like the gospels, translating that and sending them to different tribes in Kenya. And then my mother, who was the firstborn in, our, in their family, was born and came up also with, by the teaching of the Bible, gave her life to Christ. And she started now also reaching with other women. Paul was also born in the same family. Now this Manyara was born in the family. And I was a real religious boy. I always tell the story. 
that I started going to church when I was in my mother's womb. Because when my mother gave her life to Christ, and I'm, I'm the fourth born from our family, we have eight in our family, and I'm in between, my mother used to go to church with me. So I was a religious boy even before I was born. So after I was born, I was brought to the pastor and I was dedicated. Then from there, I started becoming a very nice religious boy. I was in the choir. I was also in the Sunday school. And I remember my first Bible I got in 1966 because I had memorized 21 Bible verses. One of the missionary lady who was teaching us Bible had given us that test. He told, said that whoever will be able to memorize 21 verses will get a Bible. He gave, I mean, she gave me a Bible because I had memorized. I knew it. But let me tell you what. Being that religious boy, like some of these guys here, I was there in the church. Everybody thought this guy is the best. But you know what? I had not given my life to Christ. It was just because it's a tradition. It's a, it's a religious thing that we had to do it. I could never miss church, even, even, even when I was sick. I would still come to, to church. And when I left the church and I went to the city for school, I started drinking with other boys. And every Saturday, even if we had to drink until 2 in the morning or 3 in the morning on Saturday, Sunday I was in church. I could never miss the church because I was a good boy. But Jesus spoke to me with the memory verses that I had memorized. John 14, verse 6. And the word became true and touched my heart. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Not the missionaries. Not your parents. Not the church. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. So being religious, it's good, but you need to do something more. That is to have a heart that accepts Jesus. A heart that knows Jesus. When you look at James, chapter 1, verses 27, James says, true religion is the religion that takes care of those distressed orphans and windows. And from there, we went, I went out. I married my wife. We went out and we said we want to reach those people. God gave us that heart to reach other people. What is God telling you today? We want to have that Samaritan heart. We want to move out of our comfort zones, out of where we are, to be able to reach those people who are lost. I thank God that this church is sending out missionaries. I thank God that this church is praying for missionaries who are out there. It is risky, but with God, like he says in Matthew 28, Go, and he says, I'll go with you. I'm always with Jesus. We are with Jesus, even in those risky areas. He is with us. So God, help us. God, speak to us. He is speaking to us now that he wants us to have that kind of heart that doesn't see the color, doesn't see the nationality. It sees a human being, a person that is created in God's image. And then we'll be saying, I'm expressing my love to those other people that need the gospel. And when we show them love, they will change. They will accept Jesus as their savior. So thank you that God has brought us this far. May God bless you as we look forward to his coming and as we take the gospel.
to the unreached people out there and have the Samaritan heart to those people who are suffering, who are in need, physically, spiritually, some are hungry, but the love that we show them will reflect Jesus and they will come to know Jesus as their Savior. Thank you. God bless you. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.